do what he's able to do to comfort that family. Um, but tonight, you know, um, on Sunday evening, I spoke with the youth about, you know, we were talking about just a good circle of friends because, you know, in today's society, we have um, so many, you know, and I know that some folks in here can't relate to it because you don't spend half your life on a cell phone, but all these apps and things where people are so worried about, you know, friends, followers, and thumbs up, and and what it has done is it has really undermined the meaning of a true friendship. Um, you know, and I asked the kids the other day, you know, how many had texted a friend last week and how many had called a friend last week. The art of communication between friends is just is just on its way out. And I'm going to tell you that um, <clears throat> there is nothing on this earth that people need more than companionship with one another whenever it comes to people, good companions, but nothing greater than companionship and friendship with Christ. And I will tell you that, um, you know, we, we I have these talks all the time and I have things go across my mind that, you know, you wonder with all the, the, the ways that we can communicate, then why hasn't communication become richer? You know, because obviously there's no excuse not to communicate because there are means that just a few years ago were impossible. But it's not the communication that's missing now because people do text. But what's missing is the real connection you have with people. Um, you know, thumbs don't have a voice. They don't have a voice. They may, they may put be the keystrokes to get a message to you, but that friendship is something that we just do not have as strong as it used to be. But you know, we're getting in a time of year where we have people who really do ponder, you know, Jesus Christ as a baby. We have people who sit the, and they ponder it just for a short period of time, and then it's just literally put in totes and put away. But you know, the relationship that God's people has with Christ needs to be one that is highly guarded. It's a relationship that needs to be held in high regard. It cannot even be compared with the relationship with your spouse, your kids. The relationship we have with God, it has to be so much greater and so much richer because He is our ultimate Savior. And we're going to talk tonight just about a guarded relationship because, you know, we have, and, and there's no excuse for a person to be a two-faced friend. Even to somebody that you have just been acquainted with just a short period of time, we should never come across as being a person who's untrustworthy. But you know what? We will come across relationships where we have got to make sure it's maintained and guarded more than others. You know, the relationship that I have with the people I work with is nothing like the relationship I have with my family at home, and it shouldn't be. The people in my family, God has given me a family to really take care of, but you know what? That does not give me an excuse to belittle or not treat those work friends, you know, with just as much dignity. But there are different degrees of relationships, but you know, not, we're going to talk about a relationship that needs to be guarded. And that is that relationship with God and with Christ, because if we revere God and we have a close relationship with Christ, we're not going to be able to help but it to be part of who we are to people around us. But if you would, before we, before we have a word of prayer, I want to go to Luke 2, this passage of Scripture, and I, I was going to try... You know, these, these verses, whenever I kept reading it, it just kind of changed my mind on things. But you know, this, uh, this coming season, there are going to be a lot of people teach and preach on these verses. And there is so much you can get about just that journey that Joseph and Mary took. 
And then that humble entrance of Christ into the world that you could just continue to just draw so many connections and so many parallels with how our life truly should be. But we're going to read in Luke chapter 2, and we'll just read 1 through 7. And, and again, these verses will be read time and time and time again. And the reason why is because it draws a beautiful narration. You can see this happen. You, the youngest child in here who has any comprehension can see this story unfold, this account unfold right before their eyes. And you know the sad thing is, people will call this the Christmas story. Guys, it's more than a story. This is an account of, of our Savior willingly leaving heaven, willingly leaving His Father's side, to become something that none of us could be. But we're going to read 1 through 7 here. And it says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was the house of the lineage of David. To be taxed with, his, his, uh, with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And you know, a lot of folks will, will look at that and just see that just as a tale of, of some man traveling with his expectant wife and a baby being born. And that is true. That is, that is what happened. But it's more than just a grand entrance of a child. This is the grand entrance of our Savior into, onto this earth. And when we see this, we can't, we can't even relate. You know, all these mothers who have had children, whenever you can, I mean, I can't imagine being in their position, but I bet they can't imagine being, riding a draft animal, riding a donkey, which I don't know, I, I don't like riding horses or anything that, but because the jolting and jostling is just not fun for me. Can you imagine being Mary and just, you know, just so uncomfortable? But yet, she was bringing God's only son into this world who was going to be our Savior. Now, you take a friendship. A friendship has to come about because people get acquainted. Sometimes we are the people who step out and we become friends because our own actions. We step out and we befriend somebody because maybe they just maybe they're a lot like us. Maybe you see them as a person in need or an opportunity to be a witness, but we step out to be a friend. Well, you know, that's exactly what Christ did. He stepped out to be our friend. And it is more than just, again, the earth. Guys, those terms that they put on these apps about friending people is such a farce. And in fact, it robs the word. It robs the word. You can you could literally train an animal to tap a key to thumbs up you, to like you. But you know what? A real friendship and kinship goes so much further. It comes from, from our inner soul, our inner being. When we desire to befriend somebody, well, guys, when we look at Christ coming to this earth, that was His, that was his moment to prove that He was willing to take a step that no other person could, and that was to come to earth to become a Savior. But we're going to talk about tonight a guarded relationship. In other words, holding our relationship with God in high esteem, that it would be something that if we hold Him in high enough esteem, people are going to notice. 
And our acquaintances and our friendships, they're going to be a lot richer because people are not going to be able to help but realize, wait a minute, this person's close to God and I want what they have. But we'll pray that God would open our eyes and our mind just to, to see that Jesus entered this world to become the ultimate friend and to become something that goes from this life and into the next. So let's pray that God would just open a word to us. Dear Heavenly Father, God, thank you for the day and thank you for your watch care over us. And Lord, we do pray for Brother John, Lord, tonight as he's away. And pray that you just uh, keep them safe as they travel home. And God, we do pray for the word that uh, is being brought forth tonight. God, help me just to open it a way it be honoring to you. And Lord, be plain speech for folks to understand. God, help us all to realize that, God, our earth relationship should be a reflection of the relationship we have with you. God, just help us to enjoy the life we've been blessed with. Just pray that you forgive my sins. Ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, what I'd like for us to do is let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Then probably, I don't know, four or five years ago, this was one of our Bible school texts. This was our memory verse for Bible school. And, you know, whenever you turn to these pages, you're going to first of all notice that they're covered in the red letters. Just so much of Christ's expositional teaching, just the things He had to teach. And... What he's trying to express here, or what he is expressing, is there's a real union between us and him when we come to him as our Lord and Savior. There's a real union that happens. And it is something that is unbreakable, but it is something that can be tarnished if we do not maintain a relationship. In other words, it can become weakened if we do not maintain and stay near him in our actions, our deeds, and our prayer life and reading his word. We're going to read John chapter 15. We'll look at verse number 12. It says, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Now we'll stop after verse 15. It says, Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. You know, it's uh, <clears throat> really kind of irritating at times whenever we deal with little kids. And little kids do not understand the concept of keeping their word sometimes. You know, they'll make, make promises or they'll, they'll do this or that. And then friendships get these little fractures in it. And all day long, all these teachers know what I'm talking about. You, you, you spend your day patching up these little relationships. Well, friends, whenever it comes to a friendship with Christ... He's clearly told us that he, he called us friends. And we don't have to worry about an argument with Christ or Christ not taking up his end of, an oper- of a bargain. And in this case, he called us friends. He said, you know, I'm not calling you a servant here. I want you to realize you're much more than that to me. I'm going to call you friends. And the reason why I'm calling you a friend is because everything that my father told me, I'm telling you. Guys, that is, an, that is awesome to think that Christ thought that we, as His children, were so important that what God expressed to Him, He was going to share with us. That is what makes a friendship. Don't, I mean, when you think of a friend, somebody... Guys, if you have a friend that you don't like spending time with, they're probably not a real good friend. I mean, it's probably not a real good bond. Christ is clearly saying right here, you know what? All those things that my Father told me, I'm going to share them with you. And we all know that Christ's relationship with His Father was a perfect relationship. 
It was one without fracture, one without fault, and it was one that, that showed a perfect picture of true love. And we notice here, I think it is so amazing. I love that part where it says, but I have called you friends. Christ came to this earth leaving the comforts of glory, the comforts of heaven. And you know what? Every person in this house is blessed beyond belief. We are. We are all blessed. We live in comfort compared to people in other parts of the world and even parts of our state. We live in comfort. But He left something so much greater just to have a friendship with you and I, to bond, to make an eternal bond with you and I. Guys, you cannot even, you can't even put that relationship into words. So you think about your closest earthly relationship, whether it's a spouse, a parent, or a child, and you know what? The one we have with Christ should be so much deeper, so much richer, and all the people around you should recognize that. They should recognize God means more, Christ means more, and whenever they see your devotion and they understand what Christ has done for you, Guys, it makes people hungry for friendship. And I tell you what, all these, all you kids who are in school, you know, you take, for instance, there's probably been times where you were at lunch and you really wanted to be at another table. There were, there were other people there. You wanted to be there. And then the opportunity came, and whenever you got there, it wasn't all it was thought to be. Because I remember that, you know, down at Greenup High School, you know, you had, I mean, it was like a sea of people and tables there were times you got stuck at a table with people and you thought, man, this, here they come. We're going to sit. And then you wanted to run them off. Earthly relationships are so sketchy at times. We, can't, we just cannot be promised anything. But when we look at this, Christ has called us friends. We should desire to be around Christ. That relationship we have with Christ should be one where we want to be with Him because He wants to be with us. Guys, that's what makes a great relationship. Whenever that person, whenever it's a mutual, I want to be with you, you want to be with me, that's a real friendship. And again, going back to these online relationships, guys, you can love somebody online, thumbs up, give them comments. While at the same time, you could be talking about them like a dog. That's how shallow those relationships are. But you want to know something? There is no such thing as a shallow or two-faced relationship when it comes to that which is Christ. Because Christ has promised us He's going to treat us like a friend. He's going to tell us the things that the Father has given Him. He's going to share with us. Now, if you will go back to John chapter 14, you're probably right there on that page, John 14. And if you notice that with the book of John, right where we're at, Christ is preparing His disciples for His departure. He is telling them He's not going to be with them for long. And this is the part where He begins to tell them that I'm leaving. In verse number four, uh, in chapter 14 and verse 15, sounds just like what we read from chapter 15, says, If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and He shall give you another comforter, that He may abide with you forever. You know, uh, a lot of times, whenever friends depart, friends separate, a lot of times they'll exchange phone numbers. You know, people exchange email phone numbers, and, and they want to stay in contact. They want there to be a bridge, even though there's separation, like physical separation, one person away from another. 
we try to bridge those gaps. Friends, I'm going to tell you that this is Christ bridging that gap after He left earth. He was not going to leave His disciples, nor you and I. He wasn't going to leave us just to fend for ourselves. He wasn't going to leave us to, to figure out our own path, to, you know, to be saved, and then, well, you know, just, just do the best you can, and uh, we'll see how things work out. No, He left us with a comforter. Someone to lead us, someone to guide us. And I often think of that, that's what a friend does. A friend doesn't leave you in the dark. A friend doesn't leave you wondering, is the relationship still, you know, working here? I mean, is, is, is still, are we still friends? And doesn't that sound like kids today? You know, will you be my friend? Are we still friends? You know, you hear that all the time and probably even picture your own child come home maybe upset because their best friend wasn't their best friend anymore. Listen, Christ did not leave us to wonder. He said, I'm leaving you a comforter. Someone who's going to guide you, who's going to, who's going to convict you if you do wrong, who's going to lead you right, who's going to lead you in the, in the path that I would have you to go. I'm not going to have you do this all by yourself. And you know, I say this often because I have four boys. And you know what? In this, in this physical life we have, those four boys are going to need each other. They're going to need each other. And that's what I tell them all the time is that whenever you have the opportunity to build up your siblings, man, it makes life so much better. It does. I mean, there are going to be fights and conflicts. There's no doubt. But when you have the opportunity to be that bridge to to build that person up, that's what makes a relationship. Guys, and that's what makes a life a lot easier and worth living. And that's why Christ is saying, I'm leaving you a comforter. Not going to leave you alone. You're not going to see me physically, but I'm right there with you. Verse number, uh, verse number, let's see here, verse number 15 or six, uh, 17, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be in you. I like this next verse. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Guys, that's a real friend. That's a real friend. Somebody who says, I'll be right there. You just, you just let me know. I'm going to be right there. Friends, that is, that is comfort to know that, that God has not, again, left us. There's not, a great, there's not a great valley or a great gulf between us and Him. There is a comforter, someone here, as a friend, that's what He did. Now, what we're going to look at here in just a moment is we're going to go back to the book of Proverbs because if you go through the book of Proverbs, some of them, and I tell this to the teenagers and even the young kids all the time, if you ever are, are convicted or, or to the point to where, maybe not just convicted, but just drawn to God's Word, you're like, I think I'll read something. You don't know where to go, seriously, go Proverbs. Go to Psalms and Proverbs. There are so many just plain teachings there that a person in any capacity who can read can make sense of the Scriptures there. But if you go to Proverbs chapter 18, go to Proverbs 18, and if you took your uh, dictionary or your thesaurus, um, or concordance rather, and started digging through Proverbs, we would be here a long time if you read verses related to friendship. I mean, they are scattered all through. But verse number 18, or chapter 18 and verse 24, says, A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Um, there's nothing more sad than having a sad friend. 
Somebody who brings you down. Somebody who just is, they're like dead weight. It's not a real friend. You know, and, and Christ is clearly telling us, or the Scripture clearly tells us, man who hath friends ought to show himself friendly. If you want a friendship, you're probably going to have to be a little bit assertive, not hiding in a hole expecting people to come and seek you out. You have to make sure that you are, are going about looking for opportunities. Show yourself friendly. And it says here, there's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Jesus came to earth. Again, gave up perfect heaven to come to earth. Guys, there is no other example greater than that than the love of Christ to become our greatest friend. That's a friendship worth guarding. Now, while we're in Proverbs, we're going to go back to chapter 17 and verse 17. Humanly speaking, this is a tough verse sometimes. Verse 17 of chapter 17 says, A friend loveth at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. You know, friendship is not seasonal. Shouldn't be. But yet, it is seasonal in America because sometimes it's the only time you hear from people. You know, it comes uh, you know, Christmas and you get a card from people and you have to sit and go, Oh goodness, who in the world is this? You really do. You spend time wondering... Because here on earth, we can be seasonal friends and it's totally acceptable. Listen, a friend loves at all times and a friend's recognized at all times. You know, um, we often think of, we have a prayer list here and we, we read that prayer list because we believe in the power of God. We believe God's power. What if, you mean, think about it. You know, what if God never heard anything? What if he, or what if, what if we got a meant? What if God just turned us completely off, never, never gave us any guidance at all? We wouldn't perceive him as being a loving God or friendly. But guys, you look around again, look at the many physical blessings plus spiritual blessings we have. I think there's evidence of a loving God. He's a, he's a God who loves at all times. Christ loved at all times. Even in the sinful lives of people he would come across, he would very quickly let them know that He was the way, the truth, the life. But while we're in Proverbs, we'll look at one more verse, 27.17. Proverbs 27.17. This verse is one that I've seen it on t-shirts, seen it on, on, I guess, you know, different types of motivational plaques and such. But I will tell you what. It is absolutely the truth. It's, it's something that people don't realize until you understand. Verse number 17 says, Iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. Again, haven't we all had those friends who were more like, I mean, just blunting the edge, not sharpening the edge? We've all had them, haven't we? Friends who you went away from that you thought, goodness gracious, this, this friendship is toxic. You know, this, this is certainly not working for me. Listen, we've got to realize that if you go through the Scriptures, and please believe me, this world wants to talk about Jesus' love and that Jesus didn't, you know, didn't uh, condemn certain people. I'm going to tell you this. He sharpened iron. He sharpened His people with His... Actions. 
But he also rebuked people who were not living according to what he would have them do. So iron sharpens iron. Christ in his ministry, you look at what he had to say to his people, sometimes even to his disciples, who boy, sometimes it was pretty harsh, wasn't it? But you want to know something? It wasn't to dull their edge. It was to sharpen them. It was to bring them to a point, literally, and it was to bring them to, uh, to, the, to the point to where they were, they were better people. That's what that sharpening means. Whenever you are sharpening something, you're sharpening edge of something that is a cutting instrument, you are improving it. In fact, you know that whenever a knife is sharp, it takes less force to make it do its job. It takes less force, and that's physics. Guys, you know what? Whenever we are sharp, whenever it comes to things of Christ, it's not as hard for us to do the things of Christ whenever we're sharpened. So we got to understand that that's what a real friend does, and that's sharpened. If you would go to James chapter 4, go to James 4, back to the New Testament. James in chapter 4. I know that, um, I know we've all had friendships where you, you almost just wondered if the people, if the person, maybe you were putting out all the effort and you were trying to be nice to somebody and maybe there wasn't what you would call anything in return. Sometimes it's because we're just not maybe putting forth a good enough effort or maybe it's because that friendship is just, like I said before, is just not something that's going to work. But you know, whenever it to- we talk about Jesus Christ being our friend, God being His Father... The best way to maintain that relationship is through close proximity, being close. Um, I know that, you know, if you ever have to travel and be away from your family, you love your family, you really do miss them. I mean, there's, there's a strange void that's really kind of hard to explain. And then all it takes is that physical closing a distance, and you almost feel like, oh, things are getting better because you feel that they are, you know, you're closer, things are better. Guys, when it comes to the things of God, the closer we are to God, the, the better our relationship is going to be all around. But James 4, verse 7, says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. And we'll stop right there. Doesn't that make sense that if you have a friendship that you're working harder at, and it's a mutual friendship, it's going to make you closer. Okay, if I see that somebody, you know, a friend is, is and I'm, I'm befriending somebody, and I see that that relationship is something healthy, it's a good thing for us. Well, they're going to be attracted to the same thing, a drawing. Guys, that's the same thing with us and God. The closer we get to God, obviously the closer He is to us, and the better that relationship becomes. We have to understand, spiritually speaking, we can't afford to be away from God. We cannot afford it. In today's society, we cannot afford to grow cold. Um, and, and for those of you that ever maintain a fire, like in a fireplace or, or anything, oh, it's so discouraging to have a nice big fire and to totally accidentally walk away from that fire and come back and you've barely got any warmth in those coals because you know what? You take a rainy day like today... Man, if you're out there trying to start a fire somewhere, that's a chore. But if you let those embers get cold enough, you've, you've had, you have caused that chore to be much greater. 
But you know what? As long as we are stoking that fire, it's like a friendship. As long as we are actively working on that relationship, that relationship's going to stay hot. It's going to stay warm. It's going to stay to the point to where it is easy to kindle. Guys, we cannot afford in today's society to become cold people who have to be just totally rekindled. The world will eat you alive. If you are a Christian and you allow that relationship with God to wane, the world will pick you apart. And you'll find yourself in a tough spot. That's why in the Scriptures, we need to look to Christ when you realize keep and maintain a close relationship. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11. Go to Matthew 11. And I like these verses, and I know that whenever we sing these old songs, uh, you can totally see the inspiration that people have for these songs. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. How many times have you told a friend, if you need me, call me. If you need me, get a hold of me. Whatever, whatever you need, I'll do, I'll do whatever you need. Get a hold of me, get in touch with me. Friends, this right here is Jesus doing just that. He is clearly telling His people, verse 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That is such an important verse for us to realize. He's saying, come to me, come to me. Again, how awful would it be if your best friend said, well, if you need help, you go somewhere else. I mean, that, that would be something that would be, it would be shocking. But earthly, uh, humanly speaking, it would, be, would it be surprising? I mean, in today's society, with the way people are, would it surprise you if your closest friend turned their back on you? It might shock you, might hurt you. But again, humanly speaking, it would not be unheard of. Christ said, come to me. He didn't say only when you're good. Do you notice what he said? When you're weak, when you're heavy laden, when you're burdened. Come to me. Come on. He, he wants us to be close to him because, again, he is the ultimate friend. And that's a, that's a friendship worth guarding. That's a relationship worth being proud of and guarding, something we should hold in high regard. If you would go to, uh, and, and just go to Matthew, or sorry, Romans chapter 5. And again, just comforting to know that he does not, you know, like these old-fashioned stores, when they left, they'd turn the sign over, sorry, we're not in. You're not going to get that from Christ. You're not going to get one of those, uh, you know, come back at 1130, I'll be, in, I'll be in my office at 1130. He says, come to me. He says, come to me. So verse number, chapter 5 of Romans, chapter 5 of Romans, verses 6 through 8. It says, and I, th I think this is really neat because, first of all, we started by talking about Christ entering the world, giving up heaven to enter the world. But these verses right here take us from that beautiful beginning, that humble beginning in that stable and that manger, that beautiful story, that beautiful account of Christ's birth. But look where it takes us to this point. Verse number 6, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely would righteous man die, man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But I think this is beautiful right here. 
But God commendeth His love toward us in that, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, it is really easy to befriend somebody who's nice, who's clean. For a teacher, it's easier to hug a kid who's clean, isn't it? Think about it. But those aren't the kids who typically come up and hug your leg. It's usually the kid who has something to leave you on your leg. And you know what? You just have to hug them. And, I, and Steph, she's kind of new to some of the school stuff. And I've told her. I told her there were certain children. I said, you know what you got to do? You just got to lean down and you got to hug them. It does, whatever you take away from it physically, just, just do it. Because you know what's what they have to have. Think of us in that respect when you went to Christ. What'd you take? What'd you take? Think about it. That embrace, did he, ah, I don't know about this. You know, you, you probably ought to go take care of No. He said, come to me. Because in due time, in the right time, Christ died for us. Friends, we've got to realize that that relationship, picturing again someone filthy coming to the cleanest of the clean, we have to understand that's the way we came to Christ. We came to Him with all of the stuff. But yet, he didn't again step back and say, no, 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 let's, let's take care of this first. Let's, let's get this brushed off first. Nope. He said, come on, come to me. I'm going to take care of it. And I love that part right there at the very end. It says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That should be enough for every born-again believer to stop and, and put a value on our friendship with Christ above all other friendships we will ever have. It cannot be compared. We'll read one last verse here. We'll go to 1 John. 1 John. <clears throat> We're going to look at uh, chapter 3. We're going to look at chapter 3. Very familiar passage. It says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when, we, when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Have you ever heard, had somebody tell you, you become your friends? Because all you kids, it's a fact. You become your friends. The people you hang out with are going to become your. Their attitudes will become your attitude. It is. It is all. It's inescapable because you know what? That's what makes friends friends. You share. Well, you know what? Whenever we think of this, look at that last part. We shall be like Him. If we hang out with God, if we keep a close relationship with Christ, do you know what people are going to see? They're going to see Christ. They're going to see Christ through our attitudes and our actions. And you know what? Every one of us are going to fail. We're going to have those days where we're not going to look anything like Jesus in our attitude. We're all going to have those times. But again, remember what it said Matthew? Come unto me. When you're worn out, when you've had those days, when you have those moments, keep coming back. That's what a real friend does. They keep inviting you back. And I want you to, with that in mind... Think of the most irritating friends you ever had who is still your friend. You want to know what? 
you keep going back to them to make sure they're okay, don't you? Because that's what a friend does. And if they came to you, even though they have been maybe unfaithful or irritating, you still look at them and say, you know what? <laughs> You're still my friend. And, and you bring them right back in. That is exactly what we are to do in, for, with Christ and in all situations. We are to embrace friendships on earth. But our relationship with Christ, it should be something that pours over into our earthly friendships, into our workplace, into our, in our homes. Before we go, uh, just again, think of this. How many times, how many times have, we, have we personally told somebody, if you need me, call me? And how many times have you been told that, hey, if you need me, call me? But you sat there and you needed them, but you never did call. You know, that's the reason why a lot of Christians be, be, become discouraged with their relationship in God, with God. Christ has clearly said, call on me. Come to me. But a lot of times we're too prideful. A lot of times we think, well, you know, I can figure this out. I, I, can, I, I can do this. No big deal. I've done it before. Guys, that is when we have not fully trusted in our friendship with Christ. Before we go again, just consider a guarded relationship. How, how much do you really value your relationship with Christ? How much, how much do you invest in your relationship with Christ? Because you know what? The verse is clearly said, draw nigh to God and He'll draw nigh to you. So just consider those things we go throughout throughout the you know this this season of people wanting to you know people talk about being a season of joy no great no greater opportunity or joy than to share the most perfect relationship ever and that's a relationship of Christ and his children